Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hello, welcome. And here's the Everton Day Live Extra here on Toffee TV. I am joined by Jack, who has been in a secret place this week. Are you allowed to say? You're, you're allowed to say you've been on jury duty, I believe. Well, you're still on jury duty, aren't you? Yeah. Oh, right, Ned. Experience yeah. In- so uh, Ned, have you done jury duty yeah, before? I, he's never mentioned that, has he? It's ne- never come up. I'm the most experienced in this field. <laughs> what, in the world? In the room. Is like Christopher Nolan going to make a film about you? <laughs> how you conquer... Ned and Heimer. <laughs> how, you... Ned. how you How you conquered... Anyway. In Nedception. Anyway, Nedception. That's actually, that's actually Nedception. all right, isn't that? Yeah, Murphy we'll give him it. Killian Murphy won't play you. Killian Murphy isn't ginger. Yeah, you'll be played by little ginger fat kid. Let's get it right. Little ginger fat yeah. kid. Yeah. Um, let's move on. Let's, people don't want to hear about you. Do you want to hear about Jack? Because Jack's special, right? Because he's only here so often. Um, yeah, Ian Acho. So, I mean, let's just give this a little bit of context. Everton are desperate for a centre forward. Um, Bill Torre doesn't look like he's signing for Everton. Although he hasn't signed for Atalanta yet, and the talk is it might take another week for him to sign for Atalanta. I don't know why, but apparently... Well, Paul Joyce has said earlier today, you think the the club themselves believe they're neck and, le- neck, and neck with okay. Atalanta. Okay. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff the club believe that yeah. isn't always necessarily true. So it's one, it looks like he's going to Italy, doesn't it? It looks like that's the most likely. But, yeah, I mean... I- and but also though, if Everton aren't getting like if he's not coming here, if he's not like sitting in like Finch Farm ready to sign or something, Everton need to do something, don't they? They can't be, you know, the season is two weeks away. You know, it's it's coming very, up very quickly. You know, you're looking at other teams and what they're doing and watching them play all their fancy friendlies abroad and all that. They all seem, or it almost feels like, because of the comp- the teams they're playing against, like they are miles ahead of us even though some of them are not and even though it's because we have this perception of the teams we're pl- who we're watching who are all like you know um 
who have to almost raise the level because of the teams they're up against. I've seen a little bit last night, like Newcastle and Chelsea, 60-odd thousand in the ground to watch them. They have to be at like a certain level where Everton don't really need to be at that level yet because that's not where we are. It's more to do with what's going on off the field. But do you, do you think that someone like Ian Acho could be just that, a good one where Everton go, right, we can get him. We know what the price is. He'll come in. He'll do a job. It's great that we're after that lad that we've worked on probably for months. But actually, we do need to have some players in, especially with Dominic Calvin yet to make an appearance in, in uh, any of the preseason games. I don't think really, ideally, we should be signing Ayer Nacho. Yeah. I don't think he's particularly great, and I don't think he massively fits us either. That being said, the alternative is starting the Premier League season with Neil Mopé yeah, up top. If Calvert-Lewin's still not fit, mm. Ella Sims has gone, Tom Cannon's going back out on loan Probably, by the look yeah. of it. So, and Neil Mopé would be the best option out of those three anyway. And he's obviously not good enough. So obviously we need to really try and avoid starting the season with him as our mm. number nine. The other side of that is that if you sign Aya Nacho, it is almost like a panic buy just with that first game in mind. If you're looking at all these certain profiles of strikers, your uh, Brian Brobries, your um, El Bilal Torres, big physical strikers, taller, good turn of pace. I know Ian Acho's got a good turn of pace, but he's not really a, a physical strong striker. Younger lads as well from Europe. You're coming in, you're looking at their potential as well. And yeah, you're coming in for a bigger fee than what Ian Acho would cost, but your value is going to increase if you play well. If you don't do particularly well, you're still a young lad, so there'll still be yeah. teams you want to take that risk on you. Ian Nacho has that same sort of makeup as Neil Malpe. For me, that's sort of signing of... Well, he's wasn't the best striker at a Premier League team who was that went down last year. You know, yeah, I was going to yeah. say um, Brighton not doing too well the season before, but mm. they finished above us when they had Malpe. So at least we were buying a player off a team who were better than us then. Yeah. But this is, you know, a, a striker from a team who've just been relegated who wasn't particularly yeah, yeah. great for them either. If he comes in and he doesn't work... He's another one who's going to be harder to get rid of. Yeah, that's that's the problem, isn't it? I mean, Fab Romano has literally just tweeted that El Biltore is going to do a medical on Friday. 28 million euros, fixed fee, 3 million euros in add-ons, 15% sell-on. Um, so That's that, for Atalanta, yeah. That's done. So that, that, that's done, that's isn't it? That's done. I think we all knew that anyway. It, it was just that there was a little bit, little bit of chatter that it wasn't going to happen until next week. But that's, listen... It's probably better that it's done and it, we're not sitting here being dragged along again and Everton going, oh, we might have a chance. Then at least if it's done, it's done and Everton have to move on to the next target. Like you say, someone like him, you know, whether I've heard people say, I'll oh, get someone who's Premier League proven, but there aren't any players who are Premier League proven because if they were Premier League proven, they would be still in the Premier League. And that's the problem, isn't it? It's like you, you chase someone like that, like an El Bill El Torre, because... The young player, they've obviously scouted him, obviously done a lot of work on him, where he fits in, play on the right player front, blah, blah, blah. Ceiling is higher. If everything goes to plan, they can get a good, they can sell him on. Someone like Iannato, it's, you know what you're getting, and like you say, you bring him in for like, maybe a two plus one year, or a three plus one uh, year contract, and then, but you're you're not getting rid of him. He's he's, he's one of those players where you, 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 sort, you know what you're getting, and you'll still be disappointed 
That's the problem, isn't it? It's like you're, it's like the Mopai signing. You know what you're getting, but you're still disappointed when he doesn't do what you knew he wasn't going to do anyway. And then nobody wants him, and you're stuck again with that with that collection of players that you're like you're looking for something. And it's like he's a stopgap, but you have to give him four, three years. Let's say three years, two plus one, maybe. It's and a ten million transfer fee <laughs> or there or thereabouts. Yeah. And look, if it's sign Iheanacho or sign nobody mm. you sign Iheanacho don't yeah. you but the argument of oh well he's better than Malpey so we mm. should bring him in but last year we brought Malpey in because he was better than Rondon yeah. and now we all want him sold and I'm, I'm not saying it's guaranteed that Iheanacho will flop as badly as no. Malpey did he, he might come in and do alright for us get between 5 and 10 goals yeah. and by all means if he were to come in me you and everyone else would back him and want him to do well of course we're just giving our opinions on a player that we've been loosely linked with at the moment. But yeah, it just goes back to why wasn't this sorted weeks ago? You know, if this is the last week of the transfer window, then you can make a comfortable decision on, look, we know we're not getting anyone else. Right now we have got the window to bring yeah. someone else in, but it's there's games coming and we need to think about them as well. And, I mean, listen, at least it that's one thing, no, at least it... At least it is only there's two weeks to go, and we're getting maybe the knockback from somebody. We do have two weeks to get at the player in, uh, a player in to play up front, and we have got Dan Juma. Um, so there is that. It's not. It's not. We're not in the season yet. But Everton have got. I've got to get a move on. You know, again, Nonto. There's some reports saying Leeds have. Close the door on on a on a transfer now. I mean, how accurate they are, I don't know. It, and he an interesting one because he his goals to games is poor, but his goals to minutes is decent. And you wonder why he hasn't played more at Le- at Leicester. Like he obviously played, he done well at he done he done well at City. As in, he was like that player who's always coming off the bench. But he had that quality. He had quality ahead of him where you're like well he's never going to get in the side here he just needs to go somewhere and I think we were we were we were sort of looking at him when he went to Leicester but I think at the time Leicester again were like a hotter proposition and I think there was always that thing oh he'll take over from Vardy but Vardy's just kept on going um it was a very hot prospect when he left Man City though wasn't he because he was yeah. like they saw uh, not their Marcus Rashford as such. He wasn't, you know, like a local lad or anything. He's going to come in and it's captain the side. But he was their young striker who, you know, gets in the team. He'll play the cup game or whatever. He'll come off the bench and maybe get a goal. And you know, he's exciting. He had pace. He was. He was never going to be Man City's number nine, but he was one the fans liked and rated and thought everyone thought, oh, he can go to mid-table Premier League and do quite well for himself. It's not really worked. Mm. He said. Um, good goals to minutes ratio, bad goals to game ratio. Mm. I think that just sort of suggests he gets brought off the bench a lot yeah. in the hopeless situations. Yeah. If he comes on for five minutes at the end mm. of the game, he's not going to score, but then that's chalked down as yeah, a, yeah. a game for him then, isn't it? But then every, every 10 of those he does, he might score, so then that's a goal every 50 well, minutes. You'd have to ask yourself the question, don't you? I mean, I've seen people in the comments say you know what why he didn't get in the team but the point being is his job was to get in the team and he didn't get in the team against you know uh, and 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 listen by the way i'm definitely not against the idea of signing for him absolutely not against us against them because i think that we've tried to go down i think dan juma was our first basically our first choice 
what we wanted. He's the one we wanted yeah. to get done. That was he? the one we wanted to get done, and we've got that done now. He, this guy was more like, it wasn't a punt because they'd done a lot of work on him, I think. He's chose Atalanta, and the reason he's chose Atalanta, it's very obvious why he's chose. They have a fantastic track record of producing, taking young talents and making them better. They're playing in Europe. Forget about this Serie A versus Premier League. It's playing at the top of Serie A against playing at the, the bottom end of the Premier League. Yeah, it's the, not quite as level yeah, as it might it, normally it's, be. Also, it's like a really good place to become a better player. Everton is not a good place to become a better player because of the pressures that are on you as a footballer. You know, you can't exactly like, you can't exactly, you know, look at look look at like Onana, right? Onana in the sort of similar boat. People question him because large parts of the season they weren't seeing this finished product. And and they're the pressures people expect to see the finished product in the Premier League. They don't they don't see players who are who are in and the time and the experience. I think someone would rather go to Atalanta. They're playing in Europe as well, and they are. They're in the top end of the Italian league, and he'll he'll have two years there, and then someone else will come knocking for him. Very much like you know, um, the kid you know who. who Hodgeland is, is about to go to Manchester United after being there one season. You can understand why. I, I don't have any issue with a player saying, well, I'd rather play for no, them than play for not. Everton. Um, I think the thing football fans can do sometimes as well is um, think the player has the affinity towards their <laughs> club that the fan does. Yeah. You know, this lad probably hadn't heard very much of Everton before we were trying to convince him yeah. to join and all that. So you can't blame him or you think, you know, Okay, take Everton out of it. Imagine you're a lad from, is it Marley? He's from? Yeah, yeah. You're from there. You've got a Premier League team who've nearly been relegated the last two seasons coming in for you. Or you've got a team who are in Europe, constantly in Europe, mm. and bring through all these young players, and it clearly works for them. They know how to nurture them yeah. and move them on well. You're going to the second one, aren't you? Nine times out of ten. You're going to a place that is looking after your interest and looking after their interest. You know, let's get it. Whether people like it or not, if people looked at the Premier it's like, this is the comparison if it was within the Premier League. If he had the option to go to Brighton or Everton, go to Brighton. That's just proof. You know, Brighton had a kid last night who scored a couple of goals that he bought, I think, from Norway. Um, sent on loan for a year. And then I've brought him back and he scored a couple of cracking goals last night. Now, whether he'll be ready, whether he's ready to step up this season or whether he'll be someone who'll simmer under for the year, that's what they do. And we don't do that. And yeah. that, that's an issue. We haven't, we haven't, we, we're looking for these players, but we can't quite get them over the line. And obviously, Onana was sort of like the first one, but he hasn't quite. He hasn't quite got to that level yet. Maybe it's probably going to take him another year. And then maybe if he does get to that level, people will start going, oh, Everton actually isn't, isn't a bad place to become. The proof is always going to be in the pudding, isn't it? So I, I understand why, why the lads chose Atalanta. But the thing with Onana is, is with the situation we were in, and he was our biggest outlay at that summer, our biggest transfer if he spent on a player. For that reason, for how much we were struggling and how much we'd committed to him, he sort of did need to be the finished product. Yeah. But the whole thing around the O'Nana signing was that he's not the finished product yeah, yet yeah. and it's going to take time for him to get there. Mm. So it was a double-edged sword, that in a lot of ways, because there's this thing he needs to be, but like we knew he weren't that when we yeah. got him. And you know we probably struggled a little bit more than we thought we would, yeah. which is why there was more expectancy 
on him to perform and you know if you're Bill Altore obviously an amazing prospect yeah, you yeah. know got the makeup to be a very good player in the future but he got seven goals in 21 games last year not the finished product by any means is he it's massive potential there but yeah. playing in a slightly weaker league as well you think okay at best you're going to maintain that sort of one and three record and you get 11 goals mm. that's a good return but it's you know it you can still have a striker who gets that amount of goals and still go down as a club so he went guaranteed to save us so there was sort of going to be this pressure on him if he comes in even if he does all right mm. there was always going to be that come on you're our, you're our big sign of the summer you're our 30 million pound player we need you to save us we need you scoring every week so th- there is always that sort of thing to consider that potential pressure that'll be on these young players when you bring them into yeah. a relegation fight and they are the sort of signings we should make like you say because you can spin them for three times what you paid in yeah. the first place you can grow with the team. You can either sell them on for a profit or you can have that position sorted for the next eight years. But just while we're in a situation where we can't always afford these young lads the amount of time they need because it is a pressure cooker situation, yeah. they are going to look elsewhere. Yeah, and they're going to look at a team that has already got that stability as well where they're just adding to the quality of the side rather than you know people coming put, in to be the main man but yeah and putting pressure on them and i think that's you're right because i think when you like the one like if, if we got this player by the way if we'd got him over the line people would be looking so far i think and going we're having a fantastic transfer window so far we've brought in the experience of young who can play in three positions we've brought someone who's in in the middle with dan juma who's had premier league experience champion league experience uh, La Liga experience and then we're bringing this young lad who in two or three years could become uh, worth you know an absolute fortune and while he's doing that we're going to bring the next one in I, I genuinely I mean I, I'd like to see what people's comments are on that I do think it don't get me wrong I understand with two weeks to go we don't want to be in that situation we were in last year where we were like well we'll scrap the first five games and then we'll get a striker in because that's what it felt like I think Everton have worked I'm, I'm, I, yeah, there's a poll there, by the way, uh, for everyone. Would you take uh, Ian Acho? Um To me, it's I don't want to be in that situation. But they'll have put a. It's sad that they probably have put a lot of work into this transfer, and I and I imagine he was probably like the main one that they really, really wanted. You know, I know Dan Juma probably would have been first choice, but I imagine he'd be the one that they really, really wanted, and and that will be disappointing for them. Um, they'll have to learn the lessons of why they didn't get him and stuff, but. I do think if we if we could have got him, people people will be saying, "Yeah, we're having a great transfer so transfer market so far. We're doing really well." So, um... I think if you look at the type of striker we've been linked with, it generally sort of seems to fit the same mould, though, doesn't it? Yeah. Which seems so, to imply, and you know, it, it touch wood yeah. that we do have sort of um, a plan. Yeah. You know, in some way that we think, okay, we want a striker, we can do this, this, and this. Yeah. We want to play this way. And, you know, it sounds daft to say that's something that should be celebrated, but it's really not always been that way, has it? Mm. It's all, I like to just pick out, uh, oh, uh, striker, okay, pick out the 10 names, just put mm. the best ones in order. It doesn't matter how different in style they are. Just, yeah, get me some names. So the hope is that we've, uh, we've targeted a player of a clear uh, style of play, yeah, clear strengths to his game. We haven't been able to get that player, but there are other players out there who can do the same things. Mm. 
you know, Bill Altore, like I said, great prospect, but he's not being bought right now for his amazing goal-scoring ability that he has right now. It's being bought for his physical side of the game, the thing that you can't really teach. You can teach someone to score. You can't really go, I'm going to teach you to be fast yeah, yeah. if they're naturally slow. So go and get another player of that same mould, physical striker, decent it's, in the air, pace strong. Yeah, the worry is, is that obviously the backups, it would seem, are more... You know, your first choice is someone you've worked really hard on, done all the hard work, and then the backup is just so obvious. It's just centre forward who played for Leicester and got relegated, who they'd happily see leave. That's that's the, I suppose that's exactly where we are, isn't it? In in terms of, um, as a club at the moment, and and some like and players like that, you are looking to replace them after two three years, and again, that's an issue. It's like you're always you're always a year away from going oh, he's only got two years left on his contract we're gonna to have to sort this out aren't we and we've got loads of them at the moment in our squad i mean you know at the moment we've got the Marty graves on one year i know you, you can we can add another year to that then we've got a Wobies on one year there's you know the Corey's only got one year left and got this but the ghana sign a two-year deal so the just kind of gay so this will be his um but we've got to, we have what we have got to do is we've just got to bring players in. We've just got to we've got to now just try and bulk that squad up a little bit. Not with like not with needless signings, of course, but we've been going for the last couple of weeks. We've been going round in circles, haven't we? Like you know, this kid Nonto uh, Ian Acho come into it this week. We just I think just need to get another one over the line just to just to bolster that squad so that it gives us that I think. If Dan Juma plays on Saturday, by the way, against Stoke, I think that gives... I know he's an Everton player, but I think if he goes into the team and he says, and we say that like, we're playing up front instead of Mopai, instantly I think people go, oh, I can see the structure of this team coming together. Um, You know, whether it, or he plays on the left. And, and if he plays on the left and you suddenly on Dom's on the bench, people might go, oh, actually, you know, this isn't... McNeil on the, on the, on the right-hand side. And people might start to see, oh, this isn't that bad. But it's because at the moment we've only seen Ashley Young that people are like, God, we've got so much to do. And, and you know, we're not scoring goals again, which is a big issue. Again, we know that the team weren't going to instantly start scoring goals. Or well, we wasn't going to instantly start going to be a goal scorer. Um, certainly Mopai wasn't. So it, 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 it it's difficult at the moment. It really is. We just I just think, I don't want to get desperate and go, just go and get, just go and get him. But, if if he's number if he was number two on the list on this like other list, then let's go and get him then. If he is, if that's the plan, some more plans. If that's the plan, well then go and get him then. Just get, go and get him, bring him in, and let's let's move on for the next one then. Yeah, well Brian probably is one that interests me. Yeah, you know he's got that same sort of physical side as Bill Altore. He's come through Ajax. He had a spell at um, Leipzig as well, didn't he? Mm. Didn't really work out. Went back to Ajax, but he's been highly rated. In European football for a couple of years as this sort of young emerging prospect. I imagine Ajax was sort of hoping that he'd exploded by now. Yeah. But then they've had a, a tough year over the last season. They've signed a lot of older players as well. They feel like they've sort of lost that touch a tiny bit in terms of it, how efficient they were with managing their players and bringing the players through three or four years ago. And they'll get it back because they're Ajax, but at the moment in a little bit of a blip. But he's definitely one to look at. If he's not on the club's radar, if they're even not interested in him, or it's just a deal that won't happen, then Aya Nacho is really the only other name on there, isn't he? I know people mentioned Bulai Dia. Yeah, um, and that's because 
you could possibly do a deal with Mopai going the other way. Well, he had a good goal return last year, and he scored far more goals than any of the other strikers we've mm. been linked with. Maybe doesn't mark up quite the same as an aerial presence as a, a Bill Altore or a Brobby does, yeah. but he may be an option. If these other players from Europe aren't on the club's radar and it's Aya Nacho or no one, then you get Aya Nacho, don't you? And then you hopefully get Gnonto in. And then you've got Aya Nacho, Gnonto, Dan Juma and McNeil who can all hopefully get upwards of five goals. And that's still not a prolific team by any means, but it's an improvement on last year. Well, physically, you can understand what they're trying to do physically. You know, all those players, um, big, strong got a bit of pace about them so physically you can see what they, they don't even though Mopai has like played in all three games they just don't want that kind of centre forward you know it was interesting the other night at Bolton with having having Dobbin quite close to him and him dropping in and creating a space for Dobbin to run in in, in, in behind never quite come off because Dobbin's just not got the physicality but um, Dan Juma could be that player. Well, Dan though, Juma could he? be that player. That could have been simply, but but it's clear what they want up front, and it's it's not it's just not Mopai because he does his best work, if you want to call it that, by dropping in, and that's not what that that's not what he wants for his team because it slows down the game, slows down the play. You know, you he wants players moving. From what I've seen, literally so so far this preseason, well as it's not a great uh, thing to go off, but he wants to he wants the ball moving all the time. You know, left to right, and 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 you know the opposite. So I just don't think you know Mopai just whether he scored goals or didn't score score goals, he just slows the game down for me too much. To and for an Everton team, it almost has to. It needs that momentum to carry it forward because when it stops, it doesn't have enough movement in it to go to break teams down. It has to be on the go all the time. No, because there's not that quality to break teams down with the ball and to let them sit off us and dominate the ball for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, it does have to be, like you say, quick transitions, hit them hard, hit them fast. Yeah. Neil Malpay isn't that player. And even if he was scoring slightly more often than he did last season, say you got three or four, I think we'd still be looking at him as a poor signing just because he'd, he'd hurt the team by being in it. It sounds harsh to say it's not all his fault because he doesn't suit the no. way we want to play. But, it's like what Sigurdsson was for us. You know, he, he would chip in with goals quite a lot, but quite often with him in the team, we'd play poorly just because he'd slow things down so much when we were trying to move fast. And then when you've got that with your striker as well, it becomes an even bigger problem. Neil Mope, he's not an awful footballer. He could get goals in the yeah. Premier League. He has done before. It just doesn't suit us just at all. Suit us. It, just, he, it was just a really bad signing. Just a really bad signing. That's what it... That, you know, that's what it was. It was just a really poor sign and it just didn't suit having a backup to Dominic Alvin-Loon who has absolutely zero in common with him as a footballer. But at least the players we're looking at now do have something in relation to him so that, you know, you can swap, you know, you have one in, you don't have to change this. We, we said this loads last season. It's like, you know, if you got to a Friday Friday afternoon and someone tells you Dom's not available and you've been training all week to play Saint Wayne, suddenly you've got to play Mopad there. What are you gonna do? At least with someone like Ian Nacho, you've you've got to play with similar similar a similar statue, you know, over six foot. Um, you've got a bit of pace about him, can drag drag centre centre backs around a little bit. At least you've got that. At least you've got that to back up back it up, and that's not a bad back up. And actually, the way obviously the way Dominic Carvalho's um, injury record is, he'd probably play more more than he didn't. 
But it's like, you know, when you do uh, like your shopping from like the Asda on like the home delivery and oh, they have yeah. the substitutions oh, yeah. in and that. Yeah. And say like you order like a loaf of bread yeah. and then the fellow comes and goes, ah, sorry, we had no bread. So I've got this substitution. It's a, it's some shower gel. Yeah. Yeah. And you like, the shower gel is useful yeah, yeah. and nice, but I can't have it for a butty. No. I wanted this bread to, to make butties yeah, yeah. and, you know, the, the shower gel is good to have it's if handy. you want it. It's handy. I, I, I can't eat it. Can't argue with that. I just can't argue with that logic. Just can't argue. It's the type of quality analysis you get on Toffee TV comparing players to loaves of bread and this is like shower gel. That's 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 the issue right there. Um, Let's have a look at some of the comments on. uh, If you if anyone wants to chip in with some other names that we should sign, yeah, throw some names at us. Throw some names at us. Uh, Aldi Gary Matthew Barry says afternoon lads. Hope you're well. Congratulations on the fifty million views. Cheers, mate. Amazing achievements. I think Inacho would be a great signer for us. He may not be prolific, but he's clever and draws defenders to allow mid for midfield runners. Do we have midfield runners? Um, if he can get 10 to 12 goals, he would make a massive difference for us. Absolutely. I think what we need to add to our team this year is, like, if we could add 20 goals to our team, then that would be unbelievable. But that's a whole new world to what that we is, were last that season. Is, that's like from, like, Aladdin. Kind of stuff that is. Well, we probably uh, barely touched twenty goals all year last year, anyway. So, what did we finish with like forty-four, something like that? So, I thought it would have been in the high thirties, but I, I couldn't verify maybe that. Maybe, so, yeah, yeah, maybe right. I'm, I'm thinking like an idiot there. Um, but if you were to go say, yeah, if you were, if you if Everton could get yeah at least fifteen more goals, that would be huge. We were talking about it yesterday on on I think we we're doing on the live uh, club call. And we were saying, you know, comparing us to Crystal Palace, Crystal Palace had three more wins, um, three, three, three less losses, so simply just three more wins than us. And so nine points. And the goal difference was like, what was it? It was like they conceded nine less goals or something, and they scored something like eight more goals. It was like, it was literally, that's all it was. It was just simply three more wins. The, the extra goals and concede, you know, it was, it was, that's all it was. It was nothing. And yet they finished 11th and finished strong. And I know till Roy Hodgson come in, they were all, everyone thought, well, maybe they could go. But that just shows you the difference we're having in the end being like, oh, no, we're sound. And you could like, easily go through last season and pick out three games that Everton could have and should have won. Pick out a few that we should have well, we at got least drawn. by two of the relegated teams for a start. Leicester Southampton, Southampton game should have been one. Wolves beat us at home. That minimum should have been a draw. So there's three that you go, you could just flip them and now people go, well, we beat Arsenal. But we, we always tend to be one of the big teams a season at home, at least. And our away record was just abysmal. So if we could if we could say in our and our home record just becomes so bad that you just think there's no reason why we couldn't win three or four extra home games. And actually and the away the way what did we win? Two away games. So our away, our away performances just have to improve. Like, they're on the floor as they are. So any improvements from two wins and the home win, you know, is... is and that comes from goals, quite simply. Yeah, and, you know, you're saying add 20 goals. I think 10 probably does that yeah, for us. Yeah, I'm being, I'm being high we, in the sky, mate. If we don't start conceding loads more, 10 goals could easily mean 10 more points. Yeah. Easily. It can do. If they come in the right places, obviously. We, we win every game 1-0. 
Yeah. Well, you know, some of them goals could come in like a 5-1 defeat and that, but, you know, overall, it could easily add 8 to 10 more points and that just changes the entire makeup of your season. And, you know, I do think that in terms of what we're looking for in a striker, it sounds very silly to say, but I think a stylistic fit is more important than a sort of proven goal scorer. Obviously, we need both, but... You know, this team's strength is going to be in being able to be fitter than teams, be more solid than them, hopefully take advantage of set pieces. We're not going to be destroying teams left, right and centre. We're going to have to be more solid than them, want it more than them, outwork them, all the cliches. Mm. But to do that, you need a striker who fits the way you want to play, you can break fast, doesn't slow things down. So even if he's not the one scoring or even assisting, he's not slowing the move down to yeah. prevent another player from doing it. And that's why, you know, there's names like Bulai Dier who have good goal returns. I can't say I've watched him, so I don't know whether or not he'd be a great fit for the Everton side. I've only looked at his stats briefly, and from what I could tell, he wasn't great in the air. I Nacho, at least I, I can tell you a bit more about him. He's got a little bit of pace. He could help us be fast on the break, like you say, draw a man away, and then maybe Dan Juma makes that mm. run. We don't need a striker to come in and get 15 goals to turn our season around. We need one who can help us play the way we want to play. Sean Dice isn't stupid. He'll have a plan for every game. We just need to be able to implement that. And what yeah. that takes is a striker who fits us. I think the caveat is to all this, and I think people have got to remember that all this is, that Everton don't have a large amount of money to go and splash around. They have to structure deals in a way that's good for us and the, the opposition have got to be you know so that gives you especially if you if you've got someone else competing with you that makes it very very difficult if other clubs are saying we're going to give you x amount of front and everton are saying we'll give you a fiver yeah. every day for a million days would you take uh cinema vouchers that you get with three got you know, this blockbuster card yeah, here yeah. like we've just we've got two for one deals with me cat um so it's they've also got that to com- the, the negotiation wiggle room is is just they've got to be very very creative very very creative and that makes it that makes it such a difficult people clubs are going to go no straight away we need money up front so we can go and buy our replacements or whatever so everything from the offer are in a very difficult situation um that's that's the problem right there but it is often going to be players that other teams don't necessarily want. Because like you say, if other teams are interested, then they can go, yeah, I don't know, they're offering yet the money over a 10-year period or whatever. Do you just want it all now? We can do that for you. And that's why when you go for these highly rated young players like Bill Altora, you've got European football teams wanting them, trying to buy them. You are going to miss out because they can offer more up front. Mm. So we all want those players. I desperately want those type of players at Everton. But if they're good enough for us, chances are there'll be other teams that are in for them, see the same things we do, and they're going to be able to offer a little bit more than us. Yeah, sadly. Sadly, that's where we are right now. And, and beggars really can't be choosers uh, as it stands. Um, Stanley Mills has just joined Oxford United on a season-long loan. So that's good news for him. Uh, Is it what league at Oxford now? Are they League One? Uh, um, don't know. Let's see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, league One. A good move for him, isn't it? Good level to test them at. Obviously, if you start them at League Two, mm. and you want to move them up on the same sort of trajectory, you have a Lewis Warrington. It's 
maybe he's a little bit yeah, old he, to make that transition he should have at that gone point. In January. He should have gone in January, but again, because the club was a mess, all probably all got overlooked. You know, wasted the last four or five months of the season playing for Everton under twenty ones, where you know he scored ten goals. Uh, watched them the other night. He didn't really stand out. I have to say that again. It's physicality. The good thing is, Dom, no Everton players stood out this pre-season, so they're all sort <laughs> of on the same none level. The no one's underperforming. Uh, none of the first teams stood out. Um, Matt Gibson says, we're only taking the atto if we buy another from Europe, as I don't think a bench warmer from a relegated Premier League team is a 90-minute week-on-week centre-forward. No, I, I, listen, what I would say to that is, I think he, it depends on what they want for him. But it does create, it gives us another option. It's a similar stature to Dominic Carvalhoon. When the season starts, we've still got another th- three weeks, haven't we? To Or two weeks, sorry. To get, try and get more players in. Um, we just need players for that first game. We can't be like last season. We need options for that first game uh, at home. Obviously, the first couple of home games are winnable. They really are. They are really Biller away will be difficult, but they'll they'll be you know they'll be the winnable. So we need players in. We can't have that situation like we did last season. I know there was a longer time last season. There was more games because of obviously the World Cup. But um, but yeah. Fulham at home at any point in the season is a winnable game for us, isn't it? It's not one we can really afford to throw away. Can't afford to throw any game no. away, but. Ones like that where, you know, you look at on paper before the fixtures are released and go, yeah, I think we could win that. Yeah. Those aren't ones you want to throw away. No. Uh, Richard Parsons afternoon, bloody Groundhog Day again. Seems like Torre, Inacho and Nonto are the only strikers in world football. It does, doesn't it? But what that says is they're the ones that Everton think they can get. They're the ones they've identified and think they can get. There's a lot of strikers in the world, but clearly... They've already just picked up the phone and had a no straight away for most of them. Otherwise, there would be. Of course, there are other ones out there. I don't. A lot of the time, Everton don't don't. You don't think they know that, but they will have picked up the phones and says, "Is there any chance?" It's like no. Well, then we don't start that long process of negotiations. Then it's it's the Omer Simpson thing where he walks in the bar and gets told to leave straight away, and it because they, they just no. We know your skins. <laughs> um. Professor Poopy Pants says, seems like things have a have got a little tough with Nonto and Notori. I have big reservations about Inacho. He was the second striker to relegate a club and we and will have no sell on value, but at twenty six he should be in his prime. It's a smart words and that's why he's a professor. It is. I don't know what he's a professor of though. That's the worrying thing. Poopy pants. Well then that's just his second name. Yeah, true. He's probably a scientist like Ned. Are you sure? Can you prove that? Yeah. Can you prove it? We'll prove it then. I like your glasses, Ned. Ned looks, looks like, like a ginger Stephen no. Hawking. <laughs> he does look like a young Stephen Hawkins, doesn't he? Um, the poll at the moment is 71% of you would sign uh, Ian Atio. Fair play. But you understand why, don't you? Because he, he is an upgrade on what oh, we have currently. How much we that? Actually, have to pay for them though, like ten million. Yeah, I think around on about ten million. Ten million, or I suppose it'd be how we'd have to pay for it though. Is in like, could we use 
shower gel. Because <laughs> we use shower gel to sign them. No, but I mean, like, what we'd have to pay up front, I suppose. And, 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 um, yeah, well, I don't think you'd be looking at longer than a three year contract. So if you're looking at sort of three installments at three million, maybe. Mm. Yeah, I suppose. Leicester, if Leicester can't afford them, they'll just, they'll be willing to take. What they got, what you know, what's on offer for them? I imagine. Yeah, well, you do wonder about relegation clauses with a lot of the Leicester squads mm. because you know they are a team that were once flying very high, mm. challenging for your relegation clauses. Probably wouldn't have been on their minds. Year, you know? Is he? Yeah, he's out of contact next year, so that's another reason why they wouldn't, why they wouldn't, wouldn't want to keep him because if he stays, he's out, he's walking out the door for nothing. Yeah. So for a year left on his contract, and eating over ten millions and overspends, I think. That's what, because that's what we do. We just let him go on loan. Yeah, he's got a year left on his contract. Got turns twenty seven in October. Um, yeah, I, maybe we, maybe we could do, maybe we could get a clever deal there. And, and, and um, yeah, I'm, as said, I'm, I'm not, I'm not against that. I think he, I think he, I think yes, I think we all know he'd be one of those players who would still be quite frustrating, but. He's got Premier League experience, and beggars cannot be choosers. They just cannot be. Put it this way: if you can get a Nacho, and then you also bring Gnonto in, and then you know you've still got your your young player who mm. can improve and their values protected and are likely impre- increase. Sorry, which is you know part of uh, the upside mm. of Bill Altora. You've still got that, and then you've got your striker option as well, and then you've got options to build an attack with. McNeil, I hear Nacho Gononto, Dan Juma. You've got your options, and I think that wouldn't be the worst situation in the world. I do think we do need to try and sign a player of that sort of, yeah. you know, younger project type of signing because that's future money, then that's yeah. future sell on value. I'm all in. I'm all, I'm all in for him. Let's go, let's go and sign him. Soddy. Let's just go and get him. Get him in. Soddy. Give, strip strip Dom, Dom of the number nine. Give it to him. Make him the captain. Make why not? No, give the captain to Ashley Young. No. <laughs> or just keep it on Coleman. Tarky's the captain now. That's it. Um Everton Vikings as initially I was on board for Ianacho, but the more I looked into it, the more red flags I got. Sure his goals to minute ratio is good, but he couldn't displace a Vardy's legs had gone and even Dacher started ahead of him sometimes. I don't really see what else he has got. He has he has to his game than being able to come off the bench and score sometimes. I mean, that's that's one up on most of our plays though, isn't it? Yeah. I still don't know why he didn't start more and there has to be a reason behind it. I'm also not sure he offers what we would need if we needed along with Saika. I don't see his hold-up play being all that good and I don't think he's very quick either. His goals per game ratio is not very good at all. People tell me he's a good player. I ask them why. And their only argument says that his goals to minutes ratio, but he ignores the red flags. I would massively, ma- I, I could be massively, massively wrong, and I'm certainly no expert on him. But but although 10 million looks good, his wages are huge, and I don't think it would improve us a ton based on the limited knowledge I have of him. Much prefer uh, we have a risk on a young prospect. We need players who can improve and improve his sell on profit. For him being nearly 20, 27, I don't see it happening, especially with how his career has gone. No, I, I listen. I basically agree with everything you said there. I just look at where we are as a club and just think. I think 
we had all our irons in one fire, or maybe two with Nonto. And this fella now is a backup. Yes, I, you're absolutely right. The whole goals per game, put goals per minute, it does set alarm bells to what, why he doesn't play more. But what, what I would say is, though, Sean Dyche, when he was at Burnley, it was like the home of broken toys, wasn't it? It was like, it's where he took players that no one really fancied and he got a little tune out of them and kept them, you know, in the Premier League punching and punching above their weight most of the time. That's what they might be looking at. And and he is a, listen, he, he is the back, he has been described as the backup striker and he's been literally the backup striker for our transfer. <laughs> uh, you know, so, yeah, there are there are quite a few negatives. I I do appreciate that. Yeah, it's no one's ideal signing, is no. it? Even everyone's saying now, yeah, take him. I don't think he's the player at the start of the transfer window. Anyone went, let's get him in. But it needs must. Mm. I'd understand it. It just wouldn't want it, but it, because of what it shows the, us about the club. The, I think the problem is it's the it's the time you have to put into these transfers. The young, exciting players coming out of Europe, you have, we'd have to put a lot of time into those transfers because we have got no money. You know, I've heard various rumours of what we offered to, to, to Almedia. And, and I'll be honest, they don't sound good. Like, don't get me wrong, the money was there. It was just how we were offering. And, you know, it, we, we don't have, we just don't have that cash up front to tempt these clubs to get them into the get them talking you know pick up the phone and you're interested what, what are you offering no mate be able to get the deals done quickly as well yeah, exactly. so there is time for other clubs cash, to come in and go cash gets you cash gets your players quick get you right you get you it gets the other club interested very very quickly what are you offering how much you offering up front oh yeah okay yeah we'll get that done straight away it, it takes time it takes time even if you're offering cash but if you've got cash it smooths it out really quickly yeah well it's not fifa is it where you just put the number and go there you go you take that yes yeah, sound nice one see you later it, it, these things take time don't you and you know sell on clauses like you said that all has to be worked out and negotiated yeah. yeah that's that's it and i agree with what a lot of people are saying in the comments about um about uh you know going after players and there's better i i there are of course there's better players out there but as i said it's the time you have to put into those deals and what those and what those people want um crimson says we should inquire about taking lukaku on loan could you imagine what chelsea would want what the wages and what he'd want um you'd have you'd have no chance um there's I, also the thing to consider that in 2023, is Romelu Lukaku that good of a footballer anymore? Yeah, he's better than that place. But yeah, he is. But you know, even if we had the money, yeah, would he be worth paying his weekly wages for the 12 goals he might get? But that's it. That's it. Uh, uh, John Jones says we have Dobbin and Cannon, but want to pay 20 million for a 20 million 20 million for a 19 year old well yeah but that doesn't that tell you how good Dobbin and Cannon are you know we talked about this the other day about Onana we've got young players like Tyler and Younger who are basically the same age as Onana does that that tells you everything you need to know there's players playing in Europe we've been playing for the last couple of years who are ready to go 
we've got players who are 19, 20, who are nowhere near the level. Just Baltore's overall game develops. He's going to be a great finisher with all this extra. Tom Cannon might just become a great finisher. Yeah, that's it. Well, I don't think age really comes in. You can't. I don't. You can really. I think that the way our systems work in this country for young players is just awful. And they've revamped the under twenty ones again, by the way. So there's no leagues anymore. There's just this one big, one big group of teams, and they're going to be selected and put into like pots and like these mini leagues. But it's it it's nonsense because it doesn't work. It the players just who are good enough take the step over the under twenty ones. Players have to go out on loan. The under twenty one system is just a glorified place to hold footballers, you know. And out of the out of the eleven that might start every week, it might just to be to facilitate one who's really good, you know. And and it just it just doesn't. It just doesn't work. I mean, as we've, I mean, as I've said loads of times when we were kids, we went out and watched the resis, and you had a mix of old players, young players, and it was proper games of footy. You go watching the twenty ones. It's just lads not being touched. I watch like watch some of them play, when they play against Bolton. Bolton players were just like cutting off the passes because, and they don't, they're not no, not used to that. It's just no, a bad and, system. Like you say, you might get like the one or two in that team who are going to come into the team, so you do need somewhere for them to play every week. But it, it it's a broken system, isn't it? And the, the league don't know what to do with it because they change it every year and then it was under-23s and mm. we have a club who's put far too much faith into this under-23s thing, keep yeah. them at the club, we'll, we'll let them train with the first team yeah. and stuff. We've been guilty of not having a plan with all that as well, haven't we? Of course we have. John, you're saying I always dismiss our young players because they're not good enough, mate. I've watched them. They're, they're not to the level that we need them to be. What what I hate is, and this is why I do it, is because people put stupid expectations on players who have a few good games in the 21s, and I hate it because it sets this unrealistic bar for these players to get to. So Stanley Mills scored goals. He needed to go out in January. He was way too good for the under-21s. He had to go out, and I'm ha- delighted he has gone out now. You know, I've heard people for the last two summers telling me Lewis Wallington should be in the first team. He was nowhere near the first team. He's now gone to Plymouth, and hopefully he does well at Plymouth in the Championship, and he's in that. It's got he's made that step up to the Championship. But they're not where, like, Old Trafford and Anfield. He didn't know how to hold the ball up, and that's, that's not his fault. I, I don't I think that's poor development. You know, um we 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 have to allow players I'm more angry at the setup, by the way, I'm more angry that our players don't get an opportunity to go out and play and play every game wherever they go. Um and that has started to happen more, I will I will say that. Um but I, I don't like these expectations that people put on them. It's it that's all it is. That's all it is. But the reason why, you, I'm just going to come back to, the reason why, listen, I don't know whether Nonto is good enough, but what I know is, right, Nonto is 19. He's already had a season in the Premier League and he's a full Italy, Italy international. So just be, so he's 19 and we've got a 19-year-old player. Well, let's compare him to our 19-year-old player who's who might have never kicked the ball in the Premier League. Certainly he's not playing for the, the England first team or whatever national team he plays for. Certainly hasn't played a year in the Premiership, Premier League, have they? So it's not about the age. It's about the experience. It's about what they've done. So Nonto is the kind of player you look at. and I'm not... 
I'm not like sitting here going, we must sign Nonto. But he's got a year year's worth of, So they can actually look at him and go, let's 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 look at him against other players in the Premier League, not against under twenty ones. The under twenty ones is abysmal, mate. That's 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 the worst thing that's happened, I think, to football in this country is the under twenty ones. People will probably tell me, oh no, it's a great pathway. I forever and I think it's been abysmal. I really do. Because it doesn't it sets players up to fail, I think. Because they don't play against players every single week that are gonna like the loan system works. But the under twenty watching under twenty ones game mate, honestly, oh they're awful. See, I don't know about setting them up to fail as such, but what I would say is that an under-21s game is more similar to a friendly than yeah. it is a competitive well, Premier League game. Saying. No, I, I get you. I, I do agree with you. It's, uh, people underestimate the difference in between um, an under-21s game and Premier League football. Yeah. It's it's different. Yeah. There's, there's a different level of competitiveness, physicality, desire in there. They are friendly matches, really. They are, yeah. Because, you know, players aren't trying to think, oh, we need to win this under-21s game, so I need to look good so I can play real football. It's different. At Lewis Dobbin, I was just looking at his stats, and he was another one who was playing well for the under-21s. People wanted him in the first team. He went to Derby last year, got four goals and three assists in 40 games. Yeah. Didn't have a bad loan spell, by any no, means. No. You know, had a good season. He can continue developing, have another loan. But one um, of the things he had to do last season was, and this is what you've got to remember as well, he had to get used to actually physically playing 40 games in a season. Yeah. And going from Saturday to Tuesday to, to Saturday to Wednesday, every single game. I think those players after... Those players have to have that. Like Anthony Gordon basically skipped the under 21s. He played about five or six games for him and then got into the first team because he was clearly too good and he had a little bit of nouse as well. He had a little bit of nouse and he's clever. And then we ended up making good money on him. Like the, the best player we had in the under 21s, Chelsea just bought him because they see straight away that he's got that something. And it's it's really difficult and I'm not I don't have a go with these players I'm trying to just like not set unrealistic expectations for them so no I mean I, you've, you, you've made a good point mate you've made a good point and all those players who played by the way for the under 21s who won for England right they don't play in the under 21s they all play in the first team some of them, you know they all play in and around the first team all out on loan at like at really good clubs you know I'd be amazed if any of those young players, because you've got an England on the twenty-one squad. that you really pick and players who play in the in in the Premier League too? You're playing by you're bringing in players who've played football, um, and it's easier for other clubs. Like you know, Ned, we were talking me and Ned to someone. Uh, uh, Lavier who's going to Liverpool. Looks like he'll probably play in every Europa League game for Liverpool this season, or like Man City players will play in every. Uh, Carabao Cup game. That's the difference. We don't even blood our players in the Carabao Cup, really. So it's really, really difficult. It's it's a re- for us for a, for a club like us who has limited opportunities for people to play, and the pressure's so high. You know, if a, and that's why it's going to be really interesting for Brantwood this season. Really interesting. Well, at least he's one who's gone out and had proper experience. Well, he has, and he won a cup, and he finished second in the league, and he played. He's played in the championship as well. And don't forget, we took him from Carlisle as well, where he was already playing first team football. So he already knew that expectation. Him. So, listen, we could talk about it all day. Really good, John. I'm glad you brought that up, mate. Fair point to you, mate. Glad you brought it up. It's a really interesting discussion. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I'm 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 right about it because I'm I'm you know 
I'm just saying I don't like the pressure that gets put on our young players because I just think it's unrealistic. So it's a really good point. No, thanks. it's a good discussion yeah. to be had, though, isn't yeah, it? About yeah. so the structure of it. For you, thanks for your question. Right, we're gonna we're gonna go over. Uh, we're going over to our more than a game channel. We're gonna do the transfer show. There's a few interesting developments today. Uh, if you, I don't know what what's, why is Ned doing like a Bond villain thing? Are you just excited? Um, so stay tuned. There'll be a link at the end of this video, which will take you straight over to there, um, and you can watch that for half an hour and subscribe and and have great fun because it will be lots and lots of fun. Jack knows everything about everything, and I think he's a I'm lot a genius. more. I think you're a lot more experienced on the jury front now as well than anyone else in this room. Yeah, I think I know more about Jordi GC and everything for Lanza than anyone I know, especially anyone with ginger hair and glasses. I believe so. I mean, that's only because I haven't got my glasses on. That's because um, also I did sit on my glasses the other day and break the arm, which was a bad move. It's not ideal. No, but my glasses were only cheap. If Ned done that, it would cost him a fortune. Uh, on the vote, 72% of the people said they will. Uh, they would like to see Iniacho sign for Evan. There you go. Thanks. Stay tuned. Go over to more than game transfer show. See you in a minute.